I'm a booger. I'm a booger booger. I'm a booger. I'm a booger 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 booger. Thank you for downloading this episode of I'm a Booker Booker, a novel podcast about books and the people who write them. An invisible enemy has turned our lives upside down. We now live in a world where a roll of toilet paper is more sought after than a first edition of Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone. Where Karen from the internet is an instant epidemiologist and has a meme to prove it. Where smoking dacha is legal and going to work will land you a prison sentence. We travel into the heart of the lockdown to bring you Amabuka Booker, the Quarantine Chronicles. Author's lockdown. T minus 16. Eddie Lampert is an award-winning writer, editor, and the lead vocalist and keyboard player for Echo and the Merry Men. She has also grown up with an aunt who suffers from the genetic disorder Fragile X Syndrome, and Hedy has spent the last 15 years researching the condition, and it has resulted in her just-published novel, The Trouble with My Aunt. The book tells the story of 32-year-old Leah Fine, who is at the center of a complicated family saga, incorporating an intriguing medical conundrum. It's a gripping and heartwarming story of love, romance, and the bond of family foibles and all. It's also told with dollops of humor. As author Gus Silber writes, the trouble with my aunt grabs you by the heart and never lets go. Welcome to I'm a Booker Booker, Hedy. Can you please read us some excerpts from the trouble with my aunt? Thank you, Jonathan. It's really lovely to be chatting to you. Um, I'll start with the prologue. You know, when people pray at the Western Wall in Jerusalem, they write their secret prayers on slips of paper and roll them into tiny scrolls or fold them up tightly and push them into the cracks between the stones, said my mother. This worried me. How could you trust that the notes wouldn't be plucked out and read by someone else? No one ever does that, she said. I suppose people just know that some things can only be shared with God. It was Friday night and she lit the Shabbat candles. The match popped and hissed into a flare. I covered my eyes and recited the Hebrew prayer I'd learned at school. As always, my mother remained silent, clearly invoking her right to secrecy, which was probably not such a bad thing, given that she was praying for her sister's death. Yeah, and that's how it begins. Um, I'd like to just go further in and uh, read you something else, if I may. Of course. Uh, we sat in silence for a while. I gazed at the photograph of I and my mother as toddlers. It stood on the dresser in the living room. It had been taken in a studio. Both little faces were framed with neatly brushed, fringed bobs. Look how exquisite you were, Mom, I said. Fire's very cute, though, with her round cheeks and blue eyes and that button nose. Yes, but sadly, cuteness wasn't enough, though. Not for the nuns at St. Agatha's Convent Preparatory. They sent Vi home halfway through grade two. Shame, poor little thing, I said. Yes, while she just sat in the classroom eating her sandwiches and chewing the pencils, said my mother. A string of tutors came to our house, but I still couldn't read a word or do a sum, and she would have terrible tantrums. She would roll up her tongue and bite it, so it turned blue. It was horrible. My mother closed her eyes and shuddered. Then, when she wouldn't practice her reading, Gran used to hit her over the head with a rolled-up newspaper. It drove me crazy. I would scream at her to stop, and she'd storm out of the room and go for a lie-down. Horrified, I stared at my mother. When the scene played itself out in my head, the actors were miniature and located at the far end of a room with high ceilings. I could focus on the faces of little Vi and her big sister Amy, although they were in black and white, 
like the old photographs under the dressing table glass. But in her role as a young mother, Gran was featureless and I could only visualize her back. You know Vi used to break all my toys, continued my mother. I nodded. I'd heard the tale because it was one of those stories my mother had repeated over the years. Vi tried to undress the dolls, but she wasn't good with buttons or zips, so she would tear and bite their clothes. Sometimes a doll would lose a limb or even a head in the ordeal. This was how little Vi accumulated a personal toy stash, a motley company of the fallen and the maimed. Young Amy couldn't bear to touch them after her sister had had her spitty way with them. But if anyone said a word against Vi, I reared up like a mother cat. My mother held up both hands and curled her fingers into claws, opening her green eyes wide. There was a girl who called her a dumb donkey. I punched her in the face and told her she could never, ever come to our house again. My mother sighed. She looked away and said, I can't remember a time I haven't felt responsible for my sister. What was the most difficult thing about writing this book? <clears throat> well, the fact that it took me 15 years. Um, I think, you know what, to, to be absolutely honest, it was easier to write once my mom had passed away. Um, and and also, so, so that, that, that was the one thing, but it was, I'm a perfectionist. So I'd gone through various mentors and, 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 and writing courses and every comment, every bit of constructive criticism, I took so to heart that it took a long time to work through. And I rewrote and rewrote and changed points of view and changed timing until I got it into a place that I felt was right. And uh, apart from which, um, you know, I work, I've got to earn a living. So finding the time to do it meant I actually had to take off two months of freelance work, to just sit and do this. But that was actually a joy. Have your children read it? Um, I have read bits to my children. <laughs> um, they're, they're terrified because there's a sex scene in it. So they won't read it, of course. You can never... God forbid you should ever imagine your parents uh, procreating by any other means than wind pollination. <laughs> I bet you they have read it. No, no, they haven't. I know they haven't. <laughs> you also did the illustrations. Forced for the readings. Forced readings. Yes, I did. I did. You did the illustrations for the cover of the book. You write, you sing, you draw. Is there anything you can't do? I'm Terrible at climbing trees. Um, I can't do cartwheels or handstands. Yeah, and I suck at, 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 at algebra. But um, other than that, I do try my best. Part of the book was you conducted a whole lot of research, and the, the research was into this fragile X syndrome. Can you tell us a little bit about it? Fragile X syndrome is actually almost as common in its occurrence as Down syndrome, but not many people know about it. It, it. Because it only became diagnostically possible, as it were, at the beginning of the 90s. The thing is, Fragile X is always inherited, whereas Down syndrome, for example, is, is de novo. It, it, it is sort of a spontaneous aberration. But if, for example, you might have a relative who, an aunt, an uncle, someone in the family who mm, wasn't quite right learning problems, didn't go to school, maybe looks a bit funny. It's, it's, it's a good idea to go and get yourself tested, have an antenatal test, because these days they are possible. 
I did discover about it in 1985 when I was tested and my blood was sent to Belgium because in those days there were no diagnostic tests here in South Africa. And fortunately, I wasn't a carrier, nor was my mother, but her sister and my granny uh, did test positive. And a cousin of mine is a carrier and her child, one of her four children is positive. The other three are fine. Uh, so it, it does run in families and people say to me, oh, is it a Jewish thing? It's not a Jewish thing. It's, it's, it's universal. Uh, there are many support groups now and lots of stuff online about it, but I am fascinated by genetics. And, um, in terms of the study, I did take like a duck to water with that. A big part of an author's job is marketing their books, their book launches, talks, festivals, but the trouble with the trouble with my aunt is that it came out as lockdown struck. How are you going to market your book? Oh, okay. That that's a really difficult question. So at the moment, I'm posting a lot of stuff on Facebook, but there's a limit. Things like this are very very helpful. Um, I'm hoping and praying that we will be able to relaunch or start start afresh when lockdown ends but otherwise we're going to have to get very clever about doing lots of online stuff uh, but it is difficult which one of your characters would you take into the lockdown with you look i would have to say leah because um you know leah is 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 is, is kind of based on me so um yeah i'm i'm, I'm in it for the long haul here <laughs> what is your strategy for not going stir crazy during this lockdown so, Jonathan, I am a freelancer and um, I do work from home anyway. I am currently working on a magazine that I compile and edit for Griff Christie's International Real Estate. So I'm busy and I've been, I also do food shoots and photography for, for that magazine. So that I've done. And um, also, as soon as this is finished, I have a pottery studio in, in the garden. So I'm... Um, I'm just going to go in and I'm just going to make pots. Even though the, the potter's market was cancelled, I'm hoping that the November potter's market will be open and I can sell my cups and rings and things that I do. So I actually can't wait to get into my pottery studio. And I'm doing uh, Zumba to, to YouTube videos. That keeps me fit. <laughs> if you could choose an author to be in isolation with, who would you choose? Is it only one? Dickens. I'd have to choose Dickens. Lots and lots of Dickens. Maybe a big volume of, 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 of collected works. That'll keep me going. And if you could take a song and, an, and a luxury item into your lockdown, what would you take with you? Oh, my absolute favorite song. I, I mean, I have many favorite songs, but right now I can't get enough of um, August and Everything After by Counting Crows. I just love Adam Durrett. Um The luxury item... I suppose would have to be my laptop because then I could just, I could be complete. I'd have Kindle and I'd have Netflix. What more could you ask for? Okay, now for the sound effects. Rorschach test. Oh God, that reminds me of the mice that my cats bring in all the time. There's, I'm permanently having mouse funerals, running outside and digging holes. Uh, now that's Lizzie. She's a Lizzie. Lizzie is a very round cat, um, and she's the most loving. And she purrs like that. But she, um, sadly, she has leukemia. But we've got her on a diet of raw chicken liver, only free range, mind you. She won't eat the other stuff. And she's just, oh, she's doing so well. Thank 
God. And we're just praying that this carries on and she is purring a lot. kind of goosey, not quite Egyptian goosey, but many of those on the roof lumbering about, they sound actually like a herd of reindeer when they land on my roof. They go running along and my my, my, uh, mostly Labrador Jemima gets into a state of absolute frenzy, completely misplaced where she doesn't know what to do or where to chase. It reminds me of my, my, my eldest brother, Vic, who uh, does a perfect imitation of a donkey. And um, he lives in Australia, so um, I miss him. But, um, yeah, so bizarrely, the donkey reminds me of him. It kind of reminds me of a parrot. Um, and we, we um, my father's best friend had a parrot who used to, shot at the dogs and they were huge bulls. and um, when the dogs walked past the parrot used to say Barney I'll hit you <laughs> and uh, there was often there was often a TV on in the room just to keep the parrot company and whenever uh, the, the mom of the house used to clean the parrot's cage she said oh sis 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 what a mess Solly the parrot's name was Solly so one the TV was on and the children's program was naughty and eggs were falling from the sky onto Mr. Clod's head. And just at that moment, the parrot said, Sis, what a mess! Sis, what a mess! So that's what that reminds me of. <laughs> Eddie, that was perfect. Thank you so much for joining us for I'm a Booker Booker. And we hope that when your book eventually Jonathan, thank you. is on the shelves, it flies off um, because people are going to rush out and buy it. Is it possible to get the book online? And, and as an ebook, yes. So the book is available from Amazon uh, as an ebook and in paperback. It is available in the shops. Uh, shops open. Um, I also have uh, copies, lots of copies um, in Cape Town, which I can get to people. And um, in Joburg, there are copies of books through my cousin and agent. You can call Fred David on zero eight two. Eight six three five six five nine. As I say, he has copies of the book, and the the hard copy is particularly beautiful. Um, it's uh, the quality is, is gorgeous, and the illustrations, um, dare I say, are very interesting. And yeah, I have copies here, but do go to Amazon. The trouble with my aunt by Hedy Lampert it is there, and uh, yeah, enjoy. Thank you so much, Hedy, and take care. Thank you for listening to I'm a Booker Booker, The Quarantine Chronicles, live from the lockdown. You can subscribe to I'm a Booker Booker on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm a Booker Booker is produced by Jonathan Anser and Dan Dews and brought to you by Books Live in collaboration with Multimedia Live. Authors who would like to be featured, email jonathan.anser at gmail.com. I'm a Booker. I'm a Booker. I'm a Booker Booker. I'm a Booker 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 Booker. I'm a booker.